Welcome to another episode of This Strange Podcast. I am your host, I'm Glenn, and this is the show where we focus on all the fans and we will explore all the works of Marillion one fan at a time. Uh, so I also want to say, first off, thank you very much for all you listeners out there. It's been a fantastic first episode. Uh, this is our second episode, and today I've got our special guest, Richie Tips, on the line. How's it going, Richie? Uh, hi there, Glenn. Very good. Oh, thank you. oh, it's great to have you on the show, so thank you so much. Um, so let's dive straight in. Where did you love from Marillion start? Uh, well, I first um, uh, heard Marillion when they were on the uh, Rocksteady uh, show back in the early 90s um, with Nicky Horn. I think they played um, uh, an acoustic version of Easter. I don't oh, know nice. if remember that. All right. So Easter was sort of like your first introduction to the band then? Yeah, absolutely. And then I happened to pinch one of my brother's um, copies of uh, script um, and I just happened to listen to it uh, one day and I put that the track was Garden Party and just the rhythm of, of Garden Party was 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 quite strange for somebody that was only sort of 14, 15 years old at the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, listening to the, you know, the, the pop charts at that, at that point, this Marillion was something quite different. And then when, when I was in sixth form, um, all, all my friends were very much into Marillion and it was it was it, they were our band, really. Yeah. Uh, and we went to see them a couple of times um, back at um, in Manchester, the International 2, uh, which was an absolutely amazing gig. It was one of my first gigs, actually, that I'd ever been to. Um, and we were right at the front. And, and it was the most incredible experience for, for somebody oh. so young. Oh, yeah, I bet it was. I mean, when I first went to see them, I, I, you know, I can't even remember when it was now. It's been that long. Uh, a lot of things have happened since then. I think I've slept. Um, so, like I say, it, it, I remember being right at the front for the first time. And uh, as I mentioned on the last show, that uh, it's my dad that got me into the band and he took me to my very first gig. Uh, I must have only been about myself, about 17 at the time. Um, and I was absolutely blown away, uh, finally seeing them live. I'd been listening to them for quite some time. And, it, you know, it, I think, and not many people... Uh, who don't like the band or anything along those lines don't understand how much of a show they actually put on that I've never seen a band that interacts with the fans so much um, ever before in any other band that I've gone to see. I mean, have you, have you had the same sort of experience? Do you feel like the, the band interact with you more than they do like other bands do? Uh, absolutely. The, the very first time I saw them at the International 2, um, H actually got up onto the, the, the speaker cabinet on the left-hand side of the stage during Berlin. Uh, All right, and, and that was—I I was totally blown away by what on earth was going on. How how was this? How was this person climbing all over the equipment and 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 the rest? Of the, and it was this—it was a, a small gig as well. Yeah, in terms of the room was quite small. The international too, um, and and so the, the power that they had as a, as a band was was quite incredible. And even it, but back in those days, there was no real light show as yeah. as there is now. It oh was yeah, just a band playing up on stage. But the energy that they that they uh, gave to, to that gig was was incredible. Uh, that's uh, you know I uh, they do all the time. I've not come away from a show before and gone. You know what? That was absolute rubbish this week. Every time I've gone to see them, it's always been a fantastic show, and it always seems to top the last one, no matter which one you go to. Um, now, c thinking back to yourself, can you think what was the very first lyric that sort of hooked you straight away? Well, I mentioned Berlin uh, just before. I thought, I, 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 for me, the, the lyrics of Berlin back in, uh, um, well, it was back in sort of 89, wasn't it? And, and yeah. then the, the wall came down just as I was doing my GCSEs. And, and that song was out there. Um, yeah. and, it was the, the, and it was the middle part of, um, of, of, of that song uh, where he talks about the, the man trying to cross no man's land. Um, yeah. he's, he's got a picture of the girl. 
And that, that, was, that really struck home with me. And I, I don't know why. I think it's because I was probably failing GCSE German at the time. <laughs> It's one of those things, though, isn't it? It hits you. There's, there's certain lyrics that you're sort of listening to, and even after you've listened to them over and over again, but you may listen one time and it's, you're in a different frame of mind, and that lyric just catches you. It could be anything. Um, it, it happens all the time. I think for me, um, I've got many. You know, everyone's you know everyone's got different tastes in, in the songs. Everyone likes different albums. Um, I mean, for me, my favorite album, uh, as my dad said on the last episode which is uh, Season's End, which is one of my favourite albums, uh, personally. Um, what about yourself? What's one? Of, can you pinpoint a favourite album at all? Well, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting because when they, uh, when they released Brave, um, yeah. I, was at, um, I, I was at uni by the time they released Brave, and I, and I, went to, I remember going to buy it from HMV, yeah. and then going back, and, and I'd read in a magazine, I think it was Melody Maker, that what you needed to do was, was switch all the lights off and, and put the CD on, and you know, and let it and let it flow over you. And I, and I sat there listening to it. And, and and to be honest, Glenn, I totally didn't get it at all. Yeah, I, I, it was. I mean, I think it was because it was the time of of, of my life. I was that was sort of uh, twenty years old, and I was. I think my music my music tastes were changing, and I just didn't get brave at all. But now I look back at it. And, and I wonder what on earth was I thinking of? You know, why didn't I like Brave? Because it is the most um, amazing piece of music from start. Oh, it is, yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. I mean, obviously, I I don't even know how old I was when I started listening to it, to be honest. It's it's taken me a lot longer to um, re-catch up because, like I say, it's my dad that introduced me to them. So over the years, I've taken a lot longer to get catch up with everybody. But, I mean, sort of... Got, I, my first major introduction was obviously it was the fish era to be honest i was born in 87 so listening to some of the music growing up uh, it was different and then obviously i don't remember the big the switch over should we say from fish to h um do, do you remember much of it yourself you know what it, i i remember tommy vance announcing it on the friday rock show uh, yeah. and i was i was listening under my, un, under the covers like like <laughs> back, in the, back in the day with my headphones on um, and, I, and I remember my brother coming in, and he he was a, a lot older than me. And I yeah. came, oh, you know, Fisher's left Marillion, and he just turned to me and said, "Don't be stupid. That's a ridiculous thing to say." And and then a couple of new, a couple of weeks later, the sort of news broke, sort of big time within the within the music press. Yeah. Uh, and and um, but, but because I I didn't really know the band at that point, I, it wasn't something that was that was um that was important to me because yeah. it was only after that that I got into the band and then I sort of went back through the fish era stuff, which I, I, I still really like. And I, and I, Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and to me, to me, it's just one band. Yeah. So uh, my dad, the way he put it on the show, I don't know if you heard a, obviously the way he saw it is that we've now got two bands from one band. So you've got two different directions that they were going in. Um, I mean, over the years, um, have you seen sort of the direction that they're going at the moment, Marillion? You know, that it does change every album, really, doesn't it? You know, you don't every day. Every album's a bit different. I mean, out of the recent ones, which, have you sort of looked at any and thought, you know, what that's mm, not as good as the last album, but you know, it's different. I like it. I mean, have you thought anything like that along the lines? Well, to be honest, because I I I, I sort of lost the band after Brave. Mm. Um, and and I rediscovered them about seven years ago um, okay. when I started listening to them again, and I and I, I, I bought Sounds That Can't Be Made, 
Um, and I really liked it. I didn't understand that because go, going from Brave and, the, and not hearing them in the interim time and then suddenly hearing Gaza, you think, yeah. what the earth is going on with this band? But it's only yeah. when, you, when you start listening to the music and understanding where they're coming from, um, did, did it all sort of fit into place? And when you look at the, 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 the chronological order of the albums, it, it makes sense when you look at it like that. Uh, for, for me, I thought Fear was an absolute triumph. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, my my family, who are not necessarily Merillion fans, they're Merillion fans by osmosis because I listen to them all the time, so they have to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's pretty much what it's, it's like so, around it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way that it is. And but my family really liked Fear, and and I was talking to a few friends about this at the at the conventions. Yeah, and, and I think that actually Fear is 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 a difficult album to listen to. You know, there's no verses, there's no choruses, but it, yeah. it's it's just a continual sort of theme. Uh, and, and essentially piece of music and, and and weirdly it seemed to have connected with my with my wife and my son yeah and I don't know why because as I say I think it's quite a a difficult piece of music to listen to you know there's no no sort of songs on it as as, as it as it were but I, I think that's a cracking album I, I really enjoyed it oh yeah I definitely enjoyed it sort of from like the, the moment I put it on it was I, I liked it I really enjoyed it um, now you you just you picked up there about going to the conventions and things like that. Uh, did you go to the most recent ones? Have you been to any of them ones? Well, I went to um, I went to uh, Leicester this year for uh, Friday and Saturday. I couldn't stay for the Sunday because I had a, a, a prior gig, but I went to PZ um, yeah. yeah for the first time. So I was a very much a PZ virgin. Oh, it was it was it good? Did you enjoy it? it well, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I was lucky enough to um, to be swapped the band. Um, on the Sunday afternoon. Oh wow! Uh, which is, if you, most people will be familiar with Swap the Band, and essentially oh, yeah. you have a competition. Um, you record a video of you playing the instrument, and yeah. they they decide whether or not you're you're good enough to um, to to go up and on stage and play with the band. It was again, it was the most amazing experience I, I think I've ever had. Up there with wedding day and and the birth. <laughs> of, I think. It's all right. You can say you can say it was the best. It's fine. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, so I bet that was like an absolutely uh, sort of phenomenal. Experience. What what was it like? Sort of afterwards coming off the stage, was you on that massive high of coming down, and you just thought like, wow, that was I, I just completely mind blown. Well, I, I mean the 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 actual build up to it was 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 incredible, and it puts it all into context when when you consider what happened at the sound check. Um, I sort of I turned up with my with my mate Martin uh, Holroyd, who we I'd gone to PZ with, and yeah. he was plus one. We were allowed to take somebody to the sound check. Okay. So we, we turned up at the at the back of the tent around about half eleven, and you know there's a few people around, and you you, you would think at the back of the the, the Marillion Convention tent, it would it would be a hive of activity. And, yeah. And and it wasn't really. Everyone was really chilled out. There wasn't really much going on. I, I imagine by Sunday afternoon, things it was sort of running itself by that point. Yeah. Um, well, we turned up and, you know, everyone was so welcoming. The band turned up and they were chatting to us. You know, the tour manager, Rich, was there. Lucy was there, obviously. Yeah. And, and it was a really nice atmosphere. And the, the other swappers got up and did their stuff and, you know, practiced going through their songs. Uh, there was Yuho that did um, The Last Straw. 
And then there was uh, Dave Rook, who played the keyboards um, on uh, Freaks. And they, they just went on stage and absolutely smashed it. And, and, and I just walked on stage thinking, what's going on here? And, I, and I, <laughs> I started to shake around about an hour and a half before. And, and then it, it just all went completely wrong. I spoke to Steve Rothery, who is just the most loveliest guy. Yeah. I, I get his guitar. So I'm stood there on stage with Steve Rothery's guitar at the convention tent in, in, in the middle of Holland, and you're thinking, this is a surreal experience. <laughs> it was most bizarre. And then I just looked down at the guitar, and I just could not see the guitar at all. All the frets seemed to be moving. Steve <laughs> was speaking to me, but I couldn't hear him. There was just white noise in my ear, and I just, I, I totally and utterly just, I freaked out, and, and I, I, I couldn't play the guitar. I've never, ever not been able to play the guitar. I've played for over 30 years. Yeah, and 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 I just couldn't play it, and it it was it was the strangest experience. I've never experienced nerds like that before, and I just think the whole the whole um, situation was so overwhelming that you know I, I just I just lost it. It was it was it was so amazing. I just totally lost. It. Anyway, they, they took me off stage. I couldn't play. They took me off stage, <laughs> and they put me in the green room and be, behind stage. And then all these people just kept coming in and giving me hugs and encouragement. And, and Dave Foster was in at one point I'm thinking this is this is surreal I, I'm, I'm sat backstage with Steve Rothery's guitar and Dave Foster's just walked in you know someone else has come in with a beer uh, it's, uh, it, it was it was the most incredible experience and then of course I walked out on stage nailed the rehearsal yeah and then and then when I, when I went out onto the stage to do the actual song of course I, I'd been playing the song thousands of times since like the start of um, January yeah but, but none of the none of the audience knew which song I was going to play, and with Martin Jakubski being up there, we we played. I played Cinderella Search, which is something that if you were at a convention, you would you would never hear. No, ordinarily. So it was fantastic to play that, and the reaction from the crowd. I mean, you can't see when you're on stage, you, you can't see much further than the first three or four rows because of the lights. Yeah. But the noise from the crowd. I mean, three thousand people. The noise was just incredible. And when I when I was playing the solo, I started the solo, and I I thought something had happened. I thought somebody had come on the stage when the when the, when the, the crowd were cheering, and I dare I dared look up because I didn't because I was so nervous about losing. <laughs> and, and 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 I didn't realise what was going on. It was only when I sort of sort of collected myself halfway through the solo that I realised they were actually cheering at the solo, and that was an amazing experience. Um, but but you mentioned you you mentioned coming off the stage and. Yeah. After after the, it, 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 it was absolutely, it was, if I thought the experience beforehand was overwhelming, what happened after was, was incredible because I, I was inundated with hundreds of people just coming up and um, offering their congratulations, wanting the photographs with me. It, it was absolutely incredible. I, I, I didn't have it. I had to take some time in the afternoon to sort of move away from people. Um, yeah. And have sort of ten minutes on my own to have a, a quick beer in the um, uh, in the fun factory because it was so overwhelming. You've just got to sort of get your head straight, haven't you? Because you've you've just technically it is like coming down off a massive high. I mean, I've been on stage before, not with uh, Marillion, but obviously when I've done things, uh, I'm not that musically talented, but I mean, I've done things like that in the past. Um, and even if it's just a small gig or anything like that, coming down, it's just such a high, and you're like, wow. That was fantastic. Those people were cheering for me. And uh, I suppose, it, 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 like you say, it's been a completely surreal experience. I mean, even just being up there with the band, 
just getting to meet them as well is one of those. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think most of the fans now have got to that point where they have met the band, even if it's just in passing. You've shut the hand, you've said, oh, you know, fantastic night. You've had your picture taken with them. Um, going off it, in the last episode, we talked about um, how um, we were going to one of the uh, gigs in Manchester. We almost ran Pete over. Not our fault. My mate was driving. It was his fault. Um, he's OK. He didn't get hit. He was fine. Uh, have you got any sort of funny stories like that where you've met the band and you may have done something a bit stupid or you've just even just a, a nice experience of meeting one of them, just having a quick chat, anything along those lines, really? Well, well, to be honest, when when we did swap the band, we spent we spent two and a half hours with them behind stage. Um, yeah. So so we chatted quite um, you know in in depth with them uh, about various aspects. The one thing I was a little bit gutted about um, at the convention, I was chatting to to H behind stage, yeah. and I have mentioned that 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 my job I'm actually a teacher, uh, right. and, and I happen to be a science teacher. And my other claim to fame, apart from playing with Marillion. Um, is the fact that I used to teach um, Jodie Whittaker, who is the um, the, the new. Oh yeah. So I, I taught her. I taught her physics. So essentially, I, I, I my claim to fame is that I taught Doctor Who about space and time. So um, that's my. And I was, I was telling H about this, but then other people were, were were interrupting me and wanted my attention. So actually, I, ha- I had to sort of ignore H just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Back then. And, and I walked away from thinking I was incredibly rude there, and I. And I and of course, I'll never get the opportunity to go back and speak to him and say, I, I was really sorry. Hey, you never know, he might listen to, he might listen to the show. I mean, one can only hope. If they've got a bit of time, you know. Um, but no, I mean, that's been fantastic. Uh, so you've definitely had a fantastic experience, especially from the most recent conventions. Um, are you looking forward to what might be coming in the future? Uh, I think. I think that the the next album is going to be really interesting, and I, I don't think we can we can second guess the band at all. I don't think that we can uh, um, predict what type of album it's going to be. Yeah, whether it's going to be a continuation of Fear, whether they're going to go back to um, you know the sort of ordinary songs that they would uh, that they would record. Um, I just hope that they're, they're going to keep going. I'm looking forward to the um, Royal Albert Hall gigs. Um, yes, I, I'm in on the Tuesday. I haven't got any tickets for the the other gigs that they're doing, but I was at Bridgewater Hall on Monday, uh, sorry, Tuesday of this last week. So, and it's a fantastic venue. So, I'm thinking that I, if I'm allowed, I might I might get some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a long run up with that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Richie, it's been brilliant to have you on the show. I think that's going to be a great place to end it. So, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been brilliant. Uh, definitely love to hear your experiences. Um, and again, to anybody else out there, if you want to be on the show, just get in touch. Let us know. But Richie, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Glenn. Great, it's oh, great. No problem. Well done. Oh well, thank you very much. Uh, and like I say, we shall catch you next time. Yeah, thank you very much.